Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. On behalf of the 365 congregations and ministries of the Texas District, I bring you greetings and also congratulations on celebrating this year your 90th anniversary as a congregation. 90 years is a lot of years. Usually congregations in the United States, many of them, will grow very quickly, get to about age 25 or before, plateau, and many of them die. Uh, you broke that trend. You have now at 90 years, and hopefully with God's presence and his grace, you are continuing to move forward, maybe even more energized now than the people who were behind you. I know at times it must be tough to think that somebody else in Texas understands that Texarkana is still part of Texas and not part of Arkansas. But we do know that. And we thank God for you and your ministry. I would like to just call your attention to verse 2 of Acts 4. And if you have your scriptures, I encourage you to open it up to Acts because we're going to be looking at some of that. They, the Sadducees and the rulers of the temple, that is, were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. Christ is risen. You know, I, I was almost going to be really happy that nobody responded to me, but I see that you've been taught too. I'll just ask you a question. As I was thinking back on this, as a young child, I do not remember this Christ is risen with a response, he is risen indeed. How many of you are with me? You never knew this until just a few years ago. That was kind of the response. So we'll do it again. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Are you tired of it? Oh, okay. You know, when I first kind of got into this, Christ is risen, he is risen indeed. And it was, oh, that's kind of neat. I like that. And we did it a number of times at Easter. And then the next Sunday, we, we did it again. And then the next Sunday, we did it again. And I was kind of saying, you know, I'm kind of getting tired of this a little bit. But we shouldn't. Not that we need to say it. But this is the foundation on which the church has its being. And that is, is that Christ is risen, and he has been risen indeed. And as God's people, we say, hallelujah, praise to God. Now, why is that so important? If you would turn back into Acts chapter 1, and we will see that already in verse 3, after Jesus' suffering, he showed himself to the disciples and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. Now, we're in that 40-day period right now. From Easter to Pentecost is 40 days, and, or, or to the Ascension is 40 days, and then 10 more days would be the Pentecost. And so here we are as we're moving closer to that time when Jesus was going to be raised up into heaven, in the ascension, that he shows himself to his followers in many different ways. Now, we aren't told all of them. We know some of them, of the disciples in the locker room, of the disciples that are fishing and on the lake shore. But we aren't told all of them.
But every day it seems as if Jesus was popping up alive to these disciples. Over a 40-day period, let me ask you a question. If you had Jesus show up in your life over a 40-day period, just come and pop into your family living room or pop into your bedroom or pop at your workplace and showed himself alive to you with the marks of the nails in his hands and the spear in his side, and the marks of the nails in his feet. Well, you might be scared out of your wits, I know that, but I mean, you know, what would that mean to you? To be able to see with your eyes, touch with your hands, the very person Jesus, the Christ, the Savior of the world. For 40 days, Jesus shows up to these disciples, and they, he is teaching them about the kingdom of God. And they are more than convinced. Their lives are changed. And we see things happening in Acts chapter 2. We have Pentecost. You'll hear about it. Peter gets up and reads this sermon to the people that are are there in Jerusalem from all over that known area of the world. And then in verse 24, he said these words to the people, but God raised Jesus from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. And then he talked about the psalm that David had written that the Lord would not, not see his body decay. And he says, for surely, brothers, we can go over to the tomb where David is. What David was doing is he was foretelling what was going to be coming in Jesus Christ. And in verse 31, he says, Seeing what was ahead, he spoke of the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to the grave, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of the fact. They can do that because they've been with him for 40 days. He was popping up, coming in between walls with locked doors. He was there teaching them about the kingdom. He was showing himself alive. They were saying, we are witnesses of the fact that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. Then we have Acts 3. Peter and John go into the temple. There's a lame man that's sitting on the side begging for alms. And he's thinking he's going to get something from Peter and John. And he got more than he bargained for. Because Peter says, I don't have any silver or gold, but what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Get up and walk. And he got up. And he walked and he started jumping around and running and praising the Lord in the temple. And it created a, a stir. And a crowd of people came along. And Peter started preaching to this crowd. And what does he say? In Acts chapter 3, verse 15, Peter preaching says these words. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. Well, that got them into trouble because the Sadducees of that day, the rulers of the temple, there were Sadducees and Pharisees, but the Sadducees, even though they were a smaller group of people, they ruled the temple. Their high priest was a Sadducee. They did not believe in a resurrection of the dead. And now in their own temple, they have somebody talking about Jesus being raised from the dead and that this man who was lame was now up and walking in the power of that resurrected Christ. They didn't like it one bit. And so they hauled Peter and John before them, and that's where we have chapter 4. Where's our passage today? And they want to know what's going on. 
they were upset because they were preaching and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. And so they why you, what, what gives you the power to do this? By what name are you doing all these things? And Peter, full of the Holy Spirit, talks about you guys took Jesus, the one sent from God, and crucified him. And listen to verse 10. Then know this, you and everyone else in Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you completely healed. They couldn't do too much about it because everyone in the temple knew this guy had been sitting over there begging alms for years, and now he was up walking. Then later on we have in chapter 5, Peter beginning to heal many in the temple. And then they are arrested, and they're thrown in the prison. And in the evening of that, of that night, an angel comes and opens up the gates of that jail and tells him, go back and stand in the temple and continue to preach. And then they are hauled off again and brought before the people, the rulers of the temple. And in chapter, in chapter 5, verse 30, when Peter has to give an account again, listen to what he says. The God of our fathers raised Jesus from the dead whom you had killed by hanging him on the tree. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior that he might give repentance and forgiveness of sins to Israel. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. Are you kind of getting a picture? The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the foundation of the early Christian church. It is what drives the apostles into all the world to share the message that Jesus, the Son of God, came as a good shepherd, gave up his life for the sheep and for all people in the world so that they might know of God's love and forgiveness and that repentance and forgiveness could be preached in his name throughout all the world. I have a question for you. How important is the resurrection of Jesus Christ today in you? Is it just a head knowledge? Is it just a historical fact that we kind of come together? Or is it a power that penetrates you, that releases you to live life? and not to be under slavery with the way the world wants us to live life. How powerful is the resurrection for First Lutheran Church of Texarkana? How powerful is that resurrection for this 90th anniversary year for you here? Paul kind of talked about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 where already not too many years after all of what I've just talked about, people were beginning to say, well, you know, Jesus has already come back because that was promised. He was going to return. And there were some people who were saying, well, Jesus really did not, was really not raised from the dead. It was kind of a spiritual thing. It wasn't really an earthly resurrection People are already beginning to doubt that within a hundred years of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We are now almost 3,000 years later, and we have to ask ourselves, 
doesn't make any difference to us. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And if Christ has not been raised from the dead, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. And then he'd follow up that in a couple other verses in verse 17 of 1 Corinthians 15. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Now, I stretched it. I, I stressed that word faith because your theme verse for your celebration all year long comes from Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. And so let me read that to you. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace which we now stand. And so you see, you say it's by faith we've come 90 years, and it will be by faith we're going to move 90 years forward. And so the resurrection is a serious and important question that you must proclaim with confidence that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead and that through this faith, our faith is not futile, but our faith is active and the peace that we have is a peace that passes all understanding, a peace that comes from God's resurrected Son, Jesus Christ, way that gives us a new way of living in this world a new way of looking at things, a new way of putting value on things. The resurrection creates all of this in our lives. And if you want to continue living in the world and having the world control you, then do not believe in the resurrection. It will mess you up. The resurrection will have a claim on you that claims you as someone who is a new creature. The old in you had passed away. New has come about. You can no longer live like you did in the past. The resurrection changes all of that. So if you want to put your faith in 401Ks, well, I want to tell you that's not very good to do that today. You've already experienced that. If you want to put your faith in science to be able to handle even the swine flu epidemic and others that will come, if you want to put your faith in in this nation of ours, and I thank God for the freedom that we have, but if you want to put it in just the United States, if you want to put your faith in the things of this world and what you can grab and where you can live and how much money you can have and what type of knowledge and education, all of that's good stuff. But if you want to build your life on that, then throw the resurrection out because the resurrection is going to mess you up because it brings into us a life that the world cannot give you. It brings into you as a congregation a passion and a mission and a ministry that the world doesn't even understand. As you go from here proclaiming the forgiveness of sins in Jesus Christ, calling people to come and to turn into a whole new being through Jesus Christ, you have to understand and believe with conviction that God gives you with his Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ is alive. And he was raised from the dead. 
and he lives today. The kingdom of God, Paul says, is not things of this world. The kingdom of God is not flesh and blood. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and the joy of the Spirit. That's such a neat comment, a neat kind of a definition of the kingdom. Because that's what the resurrection gives to us. Righteousness. You can know for certain today that you stand righteous in front of God. You can know for certain today that God delights in you. When I first heard that and it came to kind of meditate on that, that Old Testament passage that said God delights in his people, I just said, how can God do that with me? With all of my weaknesses and all of my stained life, how can he do that? Even when we confessed our sins this morning, we had that time to kind of just pause and, and kind of look at our own life. And as I was going through, Lord, how can you, how can you smile on me? And yet the resurrection is the reason he does it. It's the gift of his son gives us that righteousness. It's ours. It's a power. It doesn't matter whether you're standing before a firing squad, whether you're being persecuted for your faith. That righteousness, no one can take away from you. Not even Satan himself because of the resurrection. That peace that is ours is because of the resurrected Christ. That joy in the spirit, we can look at life and enjoy it to the fullest. That's what God says. I came to give them life. The Good Shepherd says that. I came to give them life and to give it abundantly because he is alive. Well, maybe you now understand that what Peter was saying before the Sanhedrin was a very bold witness to stand and proclaim Jesus Christ alive. Well, I've just got to finish this up because we're going to kind of bring it all back together to this resurrection. Because when they are called before the Sanhedrin after they had gone and done some miracles in chapter 5, I want you to hear what a Jewish rabbi had to say. In Acts chapter 5, beginning with verse 33, when they heard this, that is the testimony, that bold testimony of Peter, they were furious and wanted to put them to death right then. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law who was honored by all people, stood up in the Sanhedrin and ordered that the men be put outside for a little while. Then he addressed them, men of Israel, consider carefully what you intend to do to these men. Some time ago, Theodos appeared claiming to be somebody and about 400 men rallied to him he was killed and all his followers were dispersed and it all came to nothing after him Judas the Galilean appeared in the days of the census and led a, led a band of people in revolt he too was killed and all his followers were scattered therefore in the present case I advise you Leave these men alone. Let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, 
you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. What was he saying? He was saying to Sadducees, even though he was a Pharisee, he was saying to Sadducees, look, you guys don't believe in the resurrection. We already had a couple other people that came up and got a kind of a following, and he was killed. They're dispersed. Another one came up. He was killed. They're dispersed. There's no resurrection. But people, if there's a resurrection, then there is no way you're going to be able to stop these men. That's key for us to see as you go from here into your 91st, 92nd anniversary. Looking back on the history of the Christian church, we have to say the same thing. That God's Son, Jesus Christ, was raised from the dead. And that no one can stop the proclaiming of that message throughout the world. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. And now that we have had this beautiful understanding here from Scripture of God's resurrection in His Son, Jesus Christ, it is good for us as God's people to stand and to share the faith that we have in our triune God with one another and the world using the words of the Apostles' Creed.